Hi, my name is Phoebe Wilkinson and I am a beauty therapist, or if you're from outside of Australia, also known as an esthetician. I have over 10 years experience working within a range of different businesses, including hair and beauty salons, makeup artistry studios, day spas, skin clinics, and registered training organizations, teaching government accredited beauty qualifications, and as of more recently, moving overseas and experiencing working for a Turkish Moroccan inspired day spa and luxurious body range company called Sella in the heart of Toronto, Canada. Whether you are studying beauty therapy, have been a beauty professional for 10 years or more, own a business within the beauty industry, or have a general interest in the beauty world, then this podcast is for you. I wanted to create a platform for beauty professionals to come together to help inspire and empower, to encourage us to come together as a family rather than always competing with each other, somewhere where we can discuss topics like retailing techniques, education, staff management, active ingredients, marketing, industry expectations, and a whole heap more. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Beauty Code. Today's episode is going to be purely tips on retailing products and upgrading services, all based around your client's needs and concerns. So I'm not going to be diving too much into uh, consultation and skin diagnosis procedures as such today, even though they really are key to success within the retail and upgrading area, I feel like that is a whole nother episode in itself. So it is something that I'm looking at doing in the next couple of episodes. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But today we're going to be mainly focusing on how to retail and upgrade according to your client's concerns, how to have the right mentality when it comes to retailing and recommending and upgrading, and how to hit those retail targets that you have as an employee. And also how to set targets as an employer as well. So let's dive straight into it. The beauty industry, it is a retail industry, whether we like it or not. (laughs) So I hear a lot of beauty therapists and students asking me why it is so important that we have targets and that we retail well or upgrade and why there's so much pressure within the industry. So I thought what better way to start this episode with just going into a little bit of detail as to to why it's important that we do retail, that we do recommend and that we do upgrade. And then I'm going to go straight into the tips as to how you'll be able to successfully do so. So let's start looking at um, how much it actually does cost to run a business within our beauty um, industry, whether that be a beauty salon, whether that be a day spa or a skin clinic, Um, makeup studio, any of the above. If you have a business within this beauty industry, unfortunately, as much as we would love our services to be what makes us money, they don't. Now, what I mean by that, if you look down, if if you look at the costs of a business and then the prices that you charge and compare you generally will come out even. Um, And that's if you're lucky. Sometimes we may even come out at a loss. So 
let's break down the costs of a business to start with and let's just look at some figures. Now, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not I'm not great at this, but I can give you a basic understanding, especially I think this is important for employees to know as well and understand um, because it gives you a little bit of an understanding as to why it's important to retail and how it's going to actually keep you employed and keep your job as well. So when you start a business plan and when you start looking at the costs of a business, you obviously have your main overheads. You know, you have your electricity, you have your rent, you know that you're going to have to pay even for internet, okay? So the main overheads, you know that you're going to have to buy equipment, you know that you're going to have some product outlays, some product costs, both retail and also your in-salon product that you're going to be using. But then you also have some other overheads or other costs that may appear along the line that you may not have thought of right at the beginning. And this might be something like a marketing uh, marketing or advertising costs. Um, you might be paying someone to make logos and things like that for you. You have salon software costs as well. Um, it's not like it was back in the day where we had appointment books where we would pencil in our appointments. We now are using softwares, which means that we need computers and iPads. Um, obviously, you have wages. Now, if you are just opening a salon or spa, you may not be employing anyone straight away or you may be. Uh, it depends. Um, but you obviously have wages to cover. Um, and that may not even just be wages of your staff. You might have to pay someone you know, you might want to have a cleaner come in once a week, or it might be contractors, or you might have to, you know, think about paying people like, um, it might be your accountant, um, people like that. You obviously have, you know, your taxes that you have to pay for, but also little things like FPOST machine charges. And, you know, we could go on for ages with all of these overheads that we do have as salon owners or um, business owners within the beauty industry. So when you actually break down how much it actually costs you to run a salon and what you have to charge um, in your services, it doesn't really, like I was saying, you kind of, you're lucky if you break even, if not possibly be running at a loss. Now, depending on the area of your business, you might be in a higher end area or a lower end or just your average, depending on what type of services you're providing. This will all obviously determine how much you're charging on average. Now, if we were to say that on average, roughly per hour, you were charging about $100 per hour for your services. Now this will vary. Okay. So you might be doing like, if you have four eyebrow waxes in a row, for example, you might be charging $20 for that eyebrow wax. It's 15 minutes. Uh, that's $80 for that one hour. Okay. So not quite a hundred dollars, but you might be doing an advanced facial treatment, um, something that's a little bit more invasive, maybe a peel or something. And you might be charging $150 for that treatment. That's only an hour. So let's just say on average, it works out to be about $100 per hour that you're charging for services. Now, we usually say that 20% of what you charge your client is 
on average again, how much it's costing you to actually perform the treatment with your product. So not costing you in total, but how much it will cost you in the product that you're using. So let's say you're doing a facial, $100 facial, you're using 20, we're using $20 worth of product within that treatment. Okay, so we're already down $80. Now we haven't even paid for the beauty therapist to do that treatment yet. So let's say on average, um, it's $25 an hour that you're paying your beauty therapist. So we're already at $45 loss with the product cost and the wage that you've paid the beauty therapist, which leaves us the $55, yes, but we haven't even taken into consideration the other overheads that we just went over. So our internet, our electricity, our rent, our marketing and advertising costs, salon software, um, even other wages, like I was saying before, um, you know, you have to get money somewhere to pay that cleaner or pay your accountant. Um, obviously, the equipment that you are using within the treatment as well, steamers, microdermabrasion machines, um, beds, hot towel cabbies. Obviously, over time, they will pay for themselves, but they do have to be updated as well, and they are forever cost as well. Um, front desk supplies, you know, your computers, your iPads, etc. So as you can see, we don't really have much left over once you've paid for all of your overheads, once you've covered wages and once you've covered product and equipment. So the reason why I'm going over why this is so important is because I want to really express how important it is to retail and explain why we are a retail industry and why it is important that, yeah, we this is where we make our money. So without retail, now, you know, in comparison to our services, you have that client that's come in, she's had her one hour treatment, you've either run at a loss or you've come out even, and you've taken literally five minutes, only five minutes within your consult and within your skin diagnosis. So it's even really part of her treatment. It should really take no more time. And you have recommended product and she has purchased product. Now, if your client purchases product off you, it's taken no time. And I can't stress enough with how, um, how important that is because money is time. It's taken no more time to make those recommendations. You have on average generally 100% markup on the products that you retail. So that means that you're purchasing at wholesale on average about half the price that you are retailing them at, okay? So if you have a $100 product that you're retailing, you've only paid $50 for that product. So you have made a profitable of $50 on that one product. And there's no other, um, there's no other stand-up costs. There's no other costs. You don't have, you don't have equipment or um, products that you're needing to do to provide that service. It's literally just the cost of the product and it doesn't take you any time and you have made that profitable of $50. Now that's one $100 product. Most of the time, if I have a client that's coming in for a skin treatment in particular, um, it's because she has a main concern with her skin, okay? So for me to get her the best result, I'm usually recommending three or four as a minimum products to her. 
And if you are doing it in the right way and you are successful and she does purchase, you know, four products, you could be looking at a $500 sale. Um, you might have spent $250 on those products yourself, but that's a $250 profit and it's taken you no time. So your $100 treatment that you just performed that you either ran at a loss or came out on even is now a $350 product, um, $350 sale. Okay. So just keep that in mind. That's why our retailing is so important because it is where we make money. It takes no time and it's got no other upfront costs. <laughs> okay. Now, we've talked a little bit about retailing, but the same goes for upgrading as well. So when we say the term, like when we use the term upgrading, it's usually upgrading the service that's already booked in. So when you do your consultation with your client, you will determine what her main concern is, and you may need to recommend either a whole nother service. Now, this could mean that you are even downgrading a service. If she's booked in for the wrong service, I'm kind of going against what I'm saying here, but at the end of the day, you will make more money by putting her on the right service and then recommending the right retail to her as well. So it doesn't always mean downgrading. Usually it does mean upgrading her treatment. So for example, you might have a client that she's booked in for a, um, like just a normal facial, you might want to upgrade her to a collagen treatment, collagen infusion, or you might want to upgrade her to a peel, or you might want to add on a completely different service, or you might want to change the service. You might think, no, she's going to see a better result with a microdermabrasion. Okay. So I always tell students that when a client comes in and they tell you what their main concern is, a lot of the time they'll come in and they'll say, um, oh, my best friend or my sister or my neighbor, whoever, um, came in yesterday to have, or last week or whenever, to have this treatment. Her skin, her skin looks amazing, so I thought I should come in and have this treatment as well. And just because um, it worked for that other person doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to give them the best result. And it's our job as a professional to tell them what is going to give them the best results according to what their concerns are. So that's why it is important to sit down um, and do a proper consultation because this is where you're going to actually be upgrading your services, telling her if she needs to change the service or telling, I should say him or her, if they need to upgrade the service or add anything else on. And it may not even be like just for facials, even for a massage, for example, you might have someone come in and they're just booked in for a one hour Swedish relaxation massage. And then you do the consultation and they say to you, look, I like a really firm pressure. Um, I am really stressed out at the moment. I also need to be a little bit relaxed, but I do have a lot of tension. Now to me, for no extra time, she's already booked in for a 60 minute, fa um, sorry, 60 minute massa um, massage. So if I then say to her, well, look, I can actually provide a much deeper pressure if we incorporate hot stones within your massage. Um, the client, like I know myself as a client, I'd be like, oh, if the deeper, the better. So yes, let's do hot stone. And then I can say to them, and we can also 
um, upgrade you to an aromatherapy massage as well if you like and that's I can actually incorporate aromatherapy oils based around what your concerns are and I can go through the aromatherapies with her as well so even if you just add on hot stone or if you just change her to aromatherapy or if you do both for no extra time, it's a, her 60-minute treatment is still 60 minutes. You could potentially add another $50, $70, $80 onto that service without adding any extra time. So upgrading is um, just as important, if not more important, when it comes to your retailing and upgrading and your services as well and where we are actually making money. You just have to remember we want to make money in areas that aren't – um, costing us any more time. So that's why our retail and our upgrading work so well for us within the beauty industry. So that kind of takes us on to why it's important to make sure that we have achievable and rewarding targets for our staff. Okay. If you're an employer, um, I can't stress enough to you to make sure that your targets are one, achievable, obviously not too easy that your um, staff are just walking all over you, but are achievable so that they, your staff do think they can actually get there and that it is worth their time and it is rewarding because it does work in both of your favors. I have worked for certain places that, yes, they have had both retail targets and then service targets. And to be honest with you, they were such high targets that I felt that it wasn't achievable. And it just made my attitude as a beauty therapist. Of course, I always wanted what's best for my clients and I would recommend product still, but it was never to benefit the business. And you want, you do want your staff to want what's best for your business because they're going to try a lot harder and they are going to do a lot more recommending than what they just normally would. So make sure that you do set a target or a goal for your staff that they know that they will be able to achieve with hard work, of course. And then, of course, making sure that it is actually um, worth their while doing as well. If I work my butt off to um, get these clients to purchase products and upgrade these treatments, um, and then I do hit my target, and then it's, you know, let's say for a month and I get $50 or something, like a $50 gift card for somewhere. I don't know. Like for me, that's just not worth my time. Um, it doesn't have to be in money. It can be um, with products that you retail within the salon or spa, or it can be gift vouchers. Um Another, I've heard of other places doing like really good um, incentives where it's like, um, it might even be an, a voucher for another day spa, which I actually think is amazing because it also gives the staff an opportunity to kind of go elsewhere and learn other techniques. And, you know, I've spoken in past episodes about how it's beneficial no matter whether you have a good or bad experience within a day spa, um, it's always going to be a learning opportunity. And of course, everyone loves getting a day spa voucher. I've even had um, certain spas tell me that they do like, a, like there's a, an Australian label called Camilla, which I'm sure if you're Australian, you know about. 
absolutely stunning clothes um and i've had certain spas be like we did like a little competition and whoever retailed the most that month got a camilla dress so it doesn't always just have to be money, um, but obviously money's great as well. Just make sure that whatever you're rewarding your staff with is worth their while and make sure that they do have achievable goals and targets. And I always recommend as well having your targets, yes, that are set in place that are normal every month, Um But also on top of that, do other little healthy competitions. You know, if you are a franchise, get the franchises involved so they're working as teams. Or if you're just one little spa or salon business, um, you know, do something within the just the staff that you have. And it can, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of healthy competition. Obviously, you don't want to get um, too out of hand and do them too regularly, but that's really good as well. And obviously, If you feel that your staff are doing really well, especially within the retail and upgrading area, maybe just randomly take them out for dinner, reward them in, you know, little events that you can do as a team as well. It's great for building relationships within the spa and salon, and it makes your team feel really appreciated too. And I always... Um, tell business owners that if you have a team that stand behind you that are proud to work um, for you and for the spa and they're happy, then then that's only going to reward your business. Now, I did say before that making achievable and rewarding targets for staff works in both ways. Um, I've talked mainly on how (laughs) it rewards staff, but it rewards you as a business owner because they are selling more, you are profiting more. So the more they sell, the more you make. So just keep that in mind as well. And that kind of brings me to, I guess, my first little tip. Now that we have gone through why it's really important um, to retail and upgrade within the industry, but making sure that you and your staff have the right mentality around retail. Now, even though I've just sat here and expressed how important it is that we sell, um, it is still important that we are not just salesmen, that we are just not saying, we, we can't be just selling to reach our targets. We have to be passionate about the products that we are selling. You have to make sure that you love the product that you are selling, whether that be you as a employee or employer. Obviously, if you're an owner of a spa and you're retailing product, I would like to think that you're retailing products that you have found that you love, but make sure that your staff do as well. And just going back, I forgot to mention as well, if you are a staff member, if you're an employee, um, make sure that if you feel that your targets are not achievable and the rewards aren't rewarding, express that to whether that be your manager, the owner, HR, whoever you have to go through, express that concern because your employer may not know that or realize that. And like I said, it does, it does benefit the both of you. So make sure that you have those conversations within meetings or wherever you need to as well. But yes, making sure that we are having the right mentality. So yes, it is important that we retail. We are a retail industry, whether we like it or not. 
But it's important that we are not salesmen, that we are not just selling for the sake of it, that we are not just selling to make money, that we are not just selling because we want to hit our targets, okay? We have to make sure that we are only selling and recommending products based around the client's concern. If you have a client that comes in and she tells you that her main concern, let's say she's having a facial, her main concern is that she has congestion or excess oil, oil, sorry, oily skin. I do the skin diagnosis. I can see what she's talking about. That's fine. And then I notice that she also has a little bit of pigmentation. It might be a little bit of sun damage. And then if I, of course, it is important and I'll go this, I'll go into this when it comes to the actual episode for consultations and skin diagnosis to educate the client on that um, skin condition and see if it is a concern of hers. But if you get a response like, oh yeah, I've noticed that's there, but it, it doesn't really bother me then you wouldn't be going ahead and treating it, okay? So it's really important that you're not just recommending product because you think she needs it um, or that's what you think she should have. It's all about what the client came in for and making sure that you have a good understanding of how important it is to that client as well. Again, sometimes I have clients come in, of course, I do the consultation. I ask them what their main concern is and they will say, yep, a little bit oily. I've got a bit of congestion. Now, if I get the impression that let's say she expresses that, it, you know, it's quite a high concern. She's telling me um, she's tried everything and nothing's working. It's affecting her, men- her mental health. Um, it's, it's a really high concern. She would do anything, et cetera, et cetera. I need to make Make sure that I get her on any product, every single product that I think is going to help her skin. I need to make sure that I express to her how important it is that she's having regular treatments, not just once a month, depending on what she's obviously having. If she's having something quite invasive, then yes, those treatments are monthly. But if she's having something like a peel, even microdermabrasion, she needs to be in weekly for those services. Okay. Um, I need to make sure that I'm getting her on a treatment plan. She needs to be paying up front so that she's committed. All right. So she needs to be purchasing those products. She needs to be paying up front for her services and she needs to be coming in every week. And she's going to be one very, very happy client because her skin is going to be incredible by the time we finish. However, I might have that very same client come in, I do a skin diagnosis and I say to her, okay, so what's your main concern? And she says to me, oh, I've just got a little bit of oiliness, a little bit of congestion. I go in and do my questioning. Obviously, again, I'm going to go through that a little bit more detail in another episode when we do consults, but I get the impression that it's a low concern, you know, and I think to myself, okay, so she's told me that's what her concern is, but she's not someone that's, it's not a high concern for her. She's, you know, when I've questioned her about it, she's, she hasn't expressed that she wants to purchase product or that she's interested in having future treatments. Um, she's, she's very basic from home. It's nothing that she, you know, this was a gift voucher that she got given, etc. Okay. She's mainly here just to relax. Now, if I go in and I recommend those five products, I tell her that she needs to have treatments every week. She needs to pay for it all up front. She, that, that is going to come across very salesy. 
Okay, so it's going to be really important that I say to her, okay, well, why don't I recommend you coming in just every four to six weeks, get a monthly boost, you'll feel you'll feel like you get quite a clean, clear, smooth result just from having this microdermabrasion, all this basic facial at once every four to six weeks. And why don't I just get you on an exfoliant and you can use that once a week or twice a week from home. And I can slowly build her up. Now, if I get how much of a concern it is to these clients, confused or wrong, that is where I can fail hugely. If I have that client come in that has a high concern and I'm not confident enough as a beauty therapist to give my recommendations, she's going to walk out of my spa thinking, okay, well, my treatment was good, but like, what do I do now? Like my skin's still... Like she didn't tell me when I should be back for my treatment or she didn't even tell me what product I should be using. Like she is going to be disappointed where if I have a client that comes in with a low concern and I, you know, give her all of the recommendations, she's going to feel like I pushed her. So my number one tip is make sure that you have a good understanding of how much of a concern um, your client's concerns are to them, okay? So making sure, I was saying before, that you are passionate about the product that you're using, but also making sure that you're very knowledgeable in the product that you're using as well. When you are recommending products to clients, you need to be able to sell them in a way that they actually are excited to use the product. Um, Different choices of words will make a big difference as well. Um, Making sure that you're saying things like, you know, I'm so excited for you to start using this. Oh, you're going to love this. Um, I often will say like, if it's a product that I already use myself, I'll say, oh, this is my favorite product. I absolutely love it. They love hearing that you love a product. They love hearing that they are going to love a product. Um, I always put it back on them as well. When I'm recommending product, I'll explain what they should be using. And then I usually finish with, this is what's going to give you the best results for your concern. And I continue on with that. So it's important that you're using those choice of words. It's going to give you, well, it's just going to be very beneficial in your retail success, but it is also important that you're knowledgeable as well. Okay. So passion, but also knowledge. You have to be able to tell a client what the ingredients are within your product. You don't have to list every single ingredient. Anywhere between one to three ingredients for each product is great that you know, okay? I always try to recommend, well, sorry, I always try to tell students or other beauty therapists that an average of three ingredients to know about on each product is good, Um, but even if it's only two, it's better than none, okay? So make sure you know the main ingredients. Make sure that you know what they do. If I have someone recommend me a product, I need to know why they're recommending it, okay? And again, they're going to go back on and say, this is what's going to give you the best results according to what your concerns are because it has glycolic in it, because it's got vitamin A in it. Vitamin A, fasten skin cell process, this is what it's going to be doing to your skin. That's what's going to actually make me want to buy the product. I can't stress enough how important it is because I have had so many treatments myself when I've gone into day spas or skin clinics, etc., um, and they haven't even done a consultation, let alone recommend product. There's one 
um, experience that I had in particular that I want to just quickly tell you guys about. Um, we were on vacation and I, and it was a beautiful day spa. It had the mineral pools, the hot and cold pools. It had the steam rooms, <coughs> etc. Um, it was absolutely beautiful and it was massive. And I was having my skin treatment done. The therapist uh, greeted me. She took me through. Uh, she did no consultation. She did the treatment. And in my head, and I mean, I was there for relaxation, but I do like to have um, an altered treatment. I do like to know that my treatment's been designed specifically for my skin and that it's going to be beneficial. But none of that. And then when she finished the treatment, she said to me, okay, I'm going to leave, let you get dressed, you know, the, the normal. And then she says, I've just left a prescription form on the side on the table here for you. And I've just listed the products that I'd recommend. And I went, okay. And she left and I thought, I looked at this piece of paper and I thought to myself, there is absolutely nothing that makes me want any of these products. Now, even though I'm a beauty therapist and yes, even though we can get a lot of products at wholesale price, I usually genuinely am interested in the products that they're using in my facial. I have paid to have a facial with the treatment, uh, sorry, I have paid for the facial that you're using those products in. So why wouldn't I be interested in purchasing the products myself? So I usually am quite interested in, in the products that they are retailing. And I looked at this piece of paper and I thought, I've never heard of this product. I don't know literally anything about any of these products that she's ticked. I don't know any of the ingredients. I haven't even seen a bottle or like a product itself. Um, and there's been absolutely nothing that has made me want this product. She's ticked a few products on a piece of paper that were just listed, not, you know, no pictures, nothing like that. And I just kind of laughed and, you know, walked out and I left the treatment. But she didn't even greet me afterwards. She didn't show me any of the products. She didn't explain. She didn't make me want them. And that's where the passion needs to come in because you need to be excited for your clients to um, be using these products as well. <coughs> and that goes into forming um, trusting relationships with your clients. So if we just take a step back for a little bit, and we go right to the beginning of greeting your clients using um, their names. And like, so for example, when you're greeting a client saying something like, you know, hi, Mary, my name's Phoebe. I'm going to be your therapist today. Over time, obviously, you're going to be building a rapport with that client and building a relationship and finding um, similarities and things that you can um, relate to with that client as well. But also, you know, things like I want you to imagine when you go to a hairdresser and how you feel with that hairdresser. Now, personally, if I go to a hairdresser, even if she does a really good job on my hair, if I don't like her or if we don't really create a good bond, I've got to spend like almost four hours most of the time in a hair salon. Um, and I'm not going to want to spend it with someone that I, that doesn't really interest me. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're building that relationship with clients and with hairdressers, 
I always find that they actually do this really well. You usually will sit in the chair and the first thing they do is when they come up behind you and they talk to you, even though it's through the mirror, they put their hands on your shoulders. And I don't know if you have experienced this um, very much yourself, but it's something that I have experienced a lot. And the feeling of the hairdresser placing their hands on their shoulders as they speak to you it's just such a comforting feeling. It makes me just feel like, oh, she's looking after me. Oh, I'm in someone's care. She cares about me. And it kind of makes you relaxed and open up. And even when I greet clients for the first time, sometimes I won't, um, I'll always shake their hand when I greet them. And then when I leave, I usually will, you know, naturally Obviously, don't do this if you're not a touchy-feely person, but most beauty therapists are because we we have to be. But without even thinking about it, when I leave, my, my hand usually goes straight onto the client's shoulder as we're finishing. And I'll say, oh, you know, Mary, it was so nice to meet you. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week or whenever it is that she's rebooking. And then when I do greet them again, I often will put my hand straight on their shoulder and say, oh, hi, Mary, how have you been? Um... Like I was saying, I have had students in the past that go to me, maybe that's just not natural for me. And if it's not natural, then don't do it. But the having that touch with your client makes um, a big difference when it comes to building relationships. Also giving compliments. Um, I was, when I was working for a salon in Wollongong for a long time, um, my boss at the time used to, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, used to always stress that it was so important that as soon as a client came in, whether she was your client or she wasn't your client, um, obviously to make eye contact, greet, make them feel comfortable, but then also give them a compliment. Now, I remember at first thinking, well, you know, what if there isn't something that I want to compliment them on? But it made me realize and learn over a period of time that no matter who you're greeting, whether it's a client within a salon environment or whether it's a friend or someone, you know, in your private life, there is always something that you can compliment someone on. It might be, oh, I love the way you've done your hair today. Or it might be, I love that dress. Or that color looks beautiful on you. Oh, look at your nails. They're lovely. Oh, I love those shoes. Okay, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be um, something that's just visually. It can be something. It doesn't have to be on their appearance. It could just be, oh, you look so vibrant today. Or it could be, um, oh, I love how happy you always look. And the reason why I'm saying this and why I think it builds good relationships with clients is because when you receive a compliment, it can just make your whole day and it puts you in a good mood. And then that way as well, it makes you feel good for giving a compliment. It makes a client feel good to receive a compliment and it just puts everyone in a good mood. And it's a good start, start to building a relationship. And you'll find over time that it comes naturally. Um, I find that I'm, I'm always giving compliments, or I try to anyway, but it's something that I don't even really think about um, anymore. I find that my natural in- instinct when I when I greet someone is to tell them what I like about them. And I think it's a good um, thing to have. So you've greeted your client. Um, you've started to build that rapport. You've done your, you've taken them into the treatment room and you're just about to start your consultation. 
Something as well that I want to go over is making sure that you are confident, that you have control and that you have the authority within the relationship and within the service. Um, a lot, and what I mean by that is no, don't be bossy and um, straight to the point or anything like that. That's not what I mean. But if you are someone that may be a little bit shy or lacks confidence, it could come across the wrong way. It can come across like you don't know what you're doing, you're not knowledgeable enough within the treatment or in the products, and that's not what is happening. It's more just you're nervous about coming across too salesy or you're nervous about um, telling the client what to do and it can just come across the wrong way. I have had clients come in before and I'll say, okay, I'm going to get you to take a seat. I'm going to do a quick consultation before we get started. And then they'll say to me, oh, I've been here before. And if you're not confident enough and you don't have enough authority within the room, um, you may go, oh, oh okay, well, uh, um, just get on the bed and I'll be back. But no, that is not okay because she may have developed a contraindication, even if it was within a week. Anything can happen within that week. She may have had a skin concern that has changed or her skin should have changed if she has already had a series of treatments. You need to be going over what her concerns are. You need to be going over any changes. You need to be going over contraindications again with that client. So I always make sure that I am confident enough to then say to the client, Oh no, it's part of our procedures. We do consultations for everyone. We're just going to go over and make sure that we give you the best treatment possible. And usually that's enough and they, and they understand. But you do need to make sure that you have control and that you have the authority and that you're confident in what you're saying, okay? So within our consults, like I've said, I'm going to touch a little bit on them, but it is a whole nother episode. A few little tips um, to make sure that at the end of your treatment that you are successful in retailing and upgrading or um, obviously you would upgrade before, but um, to make sure that you are successful, here's a few little tips that I want to give you within your consultations. Number one, being at eye level with your client. When your client comes in, get her to take a seat on the consultation chair and you take a seat on the stool or the bed with her. Don't stand over the top of your client. And this even goes for when you're doing a skin diagnosis. Obviously, we use our Maggie lamp when we're looking at the skin and our face is over the top. When I turn the Maggie lamp off and I'm continuing to talk to my client, I will actually wheel the stool around the side of the bed so that I'm not over the top of her and that I'm a little bit more of an eye level with her. Um, it can just be a little bit condescending or a little bit belittling when you're standing over the top of a client. Make sure that within your consultations that you're telling your client that you're going to be altering the treatment according to what her concerns are. And that's going to allow you to actually upgrade the service if need be. And then obviously plant your seed for retailing. Now, what I mean by that, and I'm going to give you another quick little example, is if you do a consultation, you do the treatment, but you don't mention anything about product that they need to be using from home for their concern you're going to feel at the end of the treatment like you are just selling her something. You're going to finish this beautiful treatment. You're going to take the client out and say, oh, and I think you should be using this. That is going to come across sales 
salesy. Okay. Now, when you're in a consultation, if they tell you their concern and right then and there, you tell them that the only way to see a result is if they're using these products and having these treatments is going to come across a lot more genuine. All right. So making sure that you're planting that seed and telling them about products right from the beginning. It doesn't even matter if you haven't done the skin diagnosis yet. A lot of people will say, oh, well, how how can you recommend product when you haven't even looked at the skin yet? One, you can have a quick look at the skin while they're talking to you within that consultation. But two, to be honest with you, if they're if they are telling you what their concern is, you should be able to then recommend product accordingly. And then in your skin diagnosis, you would explain to the client, look, I just want to have a quick look at your skin to make sure what I have recommended is most suitable. And then that gives you the opportunity to change if you need to as well. Okay, so you've done this treatment, you've done a beautiful hour facial, or you've done a micro or a peel or whatever it is. Um, and then you're finishing the treatment. And this is, um, to be honest with you, this is where a lot of people feel is the hardest part, but I actually find this the easiest part. I've done all the hard work. I've done the consultation. I've determined what her concern is. I've told her what treatments she needs to be having done. I've upgraded and I've even retailed. I've even recommended the retail products already. All of the hard stuff's done. This is the easy part. So if you, and again, in future episodes, I'll go over the consult procedure, but if you do it that way, then this should be the easy part. The hard part is done. A lot of people get worried about the end part when it comes to actually asking the client if they want to purchase those products. But when you finish, you want to obviously leave the room, let your client collect herself, put herself together again. And then when you go back out the front, you're going to be recommending the products or showing the products that you've already talked to her about. Now, I always tell students and other beauty therapists that giving the client the product to hold will actually give the client a sense of ownership. So when I'm showing clients products, I will actually grab the product off the shelf and gesture for her to take the product so she can actually have a look at it. Um, it's not me telling her that she's buying it, but it is a good technique to use um, so that she actually has that sense of ownership. The other thing that I want to make sure that you guys know is Try to avoid getting the products off the shelves and putting them on the counter and then showing them because if you have the products on the counter, you're standing behind the counter and the, the client's in front of the counter, you have a barrier between you and it's not as personal. And she also may not pick up the products. She's just going to look at them and say, oh no, I'm fine. So keep that in mind as well. Now, obviously, I mentioned a little earlier on about prescription forms. I do think prescription forms are amazing. I think they're a fantastic tool, but don't solely rely on them like that other beauty therapist did with me to do the work for you. It's actually um, a tool that I use right at the end of a treatment. So after I have talked about the product, shown her the product, even asked her um, I should say her or him, if they want to buy the product, it's not until right at the end, whether they say yes or no, that I actually give the product, sorry, the prescription form for them to look at. 
Um, because that's when I actually will say, okay, well, um, let's say the client says no. Um, I'll say, okay, not a problem at all. What I've done is I've uh, marked the products off on here. I've written some information about how to use them. Take this home and um, I'll also put on your file uh, what I've recommended and what you've had done today. So if you do want to purchase them in the future, you know exactly what you need. And if the client says yes, she'll, she'll grab them. That's when I say, okay, great. I've put the prescription form in the bag with your products. It has a little bit of information about how to use the product as well. So it is a great tool. But don't rely on it just to do all the work and hand it to the client and say, oh, this is what I recommend because it's not going to work if it's used in that way. Um, A lot of people say to, well, I've heard a lot of trainers, um, even when I learned beauty therapy, I remember having a trainer when we were learning how to retail say, what's the worst they can say to you? No. And I remember, thinking, and, and the reason why she was saying this was she was kind of stressing like it's not that big of a deal. I remember thinking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that to me sounds like a nightmare. I, like I don't want to be rejected. So the thing that I or then have taken from that and teach students that, yes, the worst thing that they can say is no, But it's not uncomfortable if you have the right response. And like I was saying before, if you have your prescription form there ready to go and recommend and hand over and let them know that you can record everything on their file, it's very comfortable. Okay, so just keep that in mind as well. Now, before we start to wrap up today's episode, we have went a little longer, um, but I just want to touch on uh, samples as well. Now, giving out samples, they it is a great tool, again, to have clients to start using the products and make sure that they like them, but just remember that they're going to get, if they're lucky, three or four uses out of one sample, okay? Sometimes only one use. If it's a serum that they're sampling, the fact is they're not going to see a result after using it, you know, two days in a row, one day in a, just for once or three days in a row, however long they're getting out of that one sample. They're not going to see a result. And it's really only, they're only going to be testing whether they like the texture or not. And this obviously depends on client to client as to how important that is. Um, but most people want a product that's actually going to change their skin. And if they're sampling something, it's not going to give that. So I usually try to avoid giving too many samples. If I have a client make a big purchase, that's when I use the samples. I throw in a few other samples of some other products that she may like to try in the future. And they always are a little bit more appreciative of that as well. So I do think samples are good for clients. If you, if the client has already told you that she um, isn't financially able to purchase any products today, or she's going to purchase them next time, and she said no, then give her a couple of samples. It might might tire in next time she's in, um, but. Just remember not to just give out samples willy-nilly because you will lose those sales as well. So hopefully today's episode has been helpful and has given you guys some tips on how to retail and upgrade successfully and given you a little bit of an insight as to how to have the right mentality. Obviously, it's important that we retail, but it's also important that it's all based around what the client's concerns are and 
you know, not what we just want to to sell them. Um, And a few little tips as to what works well, things like being at eye level, giving clients products to have that sense of ownership. I hope you guys enjoyed today. Um, Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts also allows you to do a rating, like the five-star rating. So if you could go and do that, that would be amazing. And even write a review. I haven't had any reviews yet. Um, I know that I am still growing, but it would make a huge difference if you were able to go on, subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Let me know what you think of this podcast. And I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the Beauty Code podcast. If you have any suggestions, topics or questions that you would like me to cover, please email me at thebeautycodepodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram, which is thebeautycode.podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I look forward to sharing many more with you. Remember to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when a new podcast is up and leave a review. Bye.